cliffcentral.com. Hey, Dr. Hanan, what's up? Hey, guys, how are you doing? You know, it always sounds on your side, the sound through through whatever we're using with you here this morning, it always sounds like we're back on AM radio when, <laughs> <laughs> when Dr. Hanan joined. Hi, Dr. Hanan. How are you? <laughs> I need to invest in a proper microphone. I have to. A it's, new resolution. It's not really an investment. You can buy them and take a lot. They're not even expensive. <laughs> I bought one, but for some reason, it also sounds like an AM radio. I need to get a proper one. I'll help you. We'll help you choose the right one. No response. You see, this is why I don't go to him for, for counseling. <laughs> <laughs> he just stares at me. He just lo- he just looks at me with a mouthful of teeth, and he's like, "Yeah, what do you want? What's wrong with you?" So, Doctor Hanan, someone said to me this weekend, and I, I for a moment there, I thought that was really nice of them. Someone I've known for a while, and she said everyone would pay a lot of money for ha- to have therapy from me because I would be, I'd v- I'd very much be practical and pragmatic and to the point. The sessions would last five and a half, six minutes max. Some of them would leave crying, but uh, she said, I, 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 there's a market. There's a gap in the market for someone like me to do this. Of course, she must be completely insane, right? So I've said this to you before. I think there is a – you've got this hidden talent, this uh, thing that uh, – you want to, you want to, you want it to come out. This is kind of a, a fantasy of yours. And I, we should actually sit you here for one day and film you doing therapy with people. And actually on a serious note, people like the pragmatic approach. They want to come in, say what they need, uh, have the problem resolved and leave. So there is a market for it for sure. Oh, I don't know. Maybe one day when, when the world is burning, then they'll call on me. This will be my superpower. I can finally go. It's my time to shine and fly into the room and give people <laughs> advice. All right, so let's talk about some things here because, um, as you know, if you've, if, if you've been sleeping in a cave for the last 10 years, the Dr. Hanan has been around to help us through Mondays, which for some people are tough, and through the, uh, the, the, the trials and tribulations of life. And if you've got a problem that you want solved, you can get in touch with us. Contact at cliffcentral.com and we will put you on with Dr. Hanan. But this morning, I want to talk about something that I've – I notice this a lot, this schadenfreude that's going on in society, right? Why people tend naturally towards schadenfreude, how they can stop doing it. Even a lot of our TV shows are based around this principle because people may be having a horrible time, but as long as someone else is having an even worse time, they can turn that into entertainment. It's weird, like relationships, their health, financial woes. So what is it again? Taking pleasure from... Schadenfreude is this German word that describes that feeling you get when you see someone else suffering and you think, sure, at least that isn't me. It's even subconscious. You don't even necessarily... Mm. Am I right, Doc? Is that a reasonable definition? That is a reasonable definition. So it's a feeling of um, joy, excitement. I'm, I'm better off because in comparison to someone else, I'm ahead of the game. So I'm healthier, I'm faster, I'm wealthier, I'm prettier, I'm more resourceful than someone else, and therefore I feel yeah. really good about myself. I mean, it, it literally, <laughs> the, the literal translation is, 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 is uh, guilty joy, guilty pleasure. Mm, right. So it's important for people to know, actually, a couple of things that I think might be useful to you this morning. 
first of all, we all, and this is from the beginning of, of, of our time, we all have a need to elevate our status in society. We want to be on a hierarchy on a much higher level because that's when we have access to resources, to uh, more space, to better mates. And ultimately, we are more likely to survive when we are on a higher level on a social hierarchy. And there are a couple of ways for me to do that. One is kind of the more palatable way is the peacocking method, yeah. which is let me show you value by showing you what I can do and what I have. We call it peacocking because you know, like a peacock spreading its tail and showing off. But the thing about peacocking is that if it doesn't come across as natural and organic, you actually devalue yourself. Society then sees you mm. as a show. So if, for example, I'm speaking to you and I go, oh, one second, just Beyonce is on the line, one second. Yeah, right. That, yeah. that comes off as very fake. And therefore, society just demotes me. But if you suddenly see Beyonce come around me and gives me a hug, now suddenly, uh-oh, Kanan has just gone up three notches. So peacocking is a very dangerous thing to do and to show off uh, uh, or to express if it's done in an inorganic and a fake way. But that's one way. And we find a lot of leaders and we want to follow people who actually show this kind of value because we want to attach ourselves to people of high value so our social hierarchy can go up. So that's number one. The second way uh, in which we elevate our status is by showing off against someone else. So I'm not just valued because I'm valued, mm. I'm valued because I'm better than you. So this is more called more of a dominance type of um, showing off. So I'm right. not good because I'm good, I'm good because I'm better than you. So it's like, well, I'm a doctor. Sorry, who are you? Uh, I'm a lot smarter than you. Uh, right. I'm a lot more resourceful than you. I drive a faster car than you. And naturally, in, in, we naturally follow leaders that peacock more than leaders that show dominance. But in terms of conflict, we naturally choose leaders that show dominance over peacocking because we want the strong leader that has power and leverage over someone else. And the third way in which we show sh social leverage uh, or increase our social uh, hierarchy is by humiliating someone else. And that's literally just rejecting somebody from, from the social group. And that is, that is very devastating for someone. Imagine, and we've all been humiliated, whether it's in class at school or on the sport field or in an argument in front of other people, it's actually quite devastating for the ego. But the point is that we naturally show our, our hierarchy against someone else. And that's why we feel good in this game called a social game when we are above someone else. But having said that, and this is quite important, everybody on planet Earth has to compare themselves to someone else in order to understand their standings. So I know I'm good at maths because I compare myself to, to the average. I know I'm a terrible dancer because I compare myself to the average. So there's always a sense of comparison. So it's not a question of whether you compare or not. The question that you should be asking yourself, who do you compare yourself to? So if I fight this fight or race this race against someone else, well, that is a, just a terrible race. 
But if I fight this fight to race this race against a better version of me that could be represented uh, by someone else, then that's a good fight to have. So don't compare yourself to someone else that's not even in your lane. So if I compare myself to Elon Musk, Musk or Hussein Bolt or somebody that has attributes and characteristics and talents that I will never have, well, then I will never feel good enough. So it's like the saying, you know, if you judge a fish's ability by its ability to climb a tree, it will always feel stupid. So don't compare yourself to mm -hmm. someone that has something that you never want to have or could never have, but rather compare yourself to the better version of yourself. Yeah, I think that's such a big deal because people, uh, you, you opt into a system then where you're going to just feel worse and worse and worse about things. Um, there are people there are people who just opt out completely from social hierarchies and, and social judgments, but that's a difficult thing to do because we base so much of our value on where we fit into society, right? Yeah, so as much as people think that they can um, remove themselves from the social game, it's I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Even a monk can can virtual signal and has more power maybe even than a banker mm. uh, because even though he's not com competing against somebody perhaps in another world, but he is competing against somebody in his own world. So nobody on planet Earth likes to be rejected because we all want to feel accepted and part of a social group. And again, that's done for survival reasons. So when I have somebody saying to me, oh, I know somebody that has no fear of rejection. And my answer is, yeah, they might not have a fear of rejection uh, from you or from your group, but they certainly have fear of rejection from their group, things that, and the groups that they value. So they just, to remove yourself so, from so the, 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 the social the, game is very difficult. The short answer to that is that they're not scared of being rejected by you because you mean nothing to them. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. Right. For, absolutely, because they just don't value you enough because they realize that if you reject yeah. them, it doesn't change their standing. Yeah, I, I so mean, if somebody uh, that has more resources, more power, then so it does. I have quite a thick skin, and I think about when people criticize me or whatever – and it happens. I sometimes walk past people and someone will mutter like puss under their breath or something. I'll be like, Jeez, really? Yeah, well, once or twice in a, you know, a month or a year. But I'll, I'll walk, I'll just carry on walking because, I mean, you don't stop when, you know, the homeless person is wailing at you from the side of the street while they're tapping on an empty cup. You don't need to pay attention to everybody. And most people's opinion shouldn't matter to you. You should only have a small group of people whose opinion you value and whose society you want to be a part of, right? Otherwise, you're going to be derailed by everybody who doesn't like you. And I, I see this on social media. I see people who go, oh, but there was so much criticism of something you said on Twitter. And I'm like, who gives a damn about these nobodies? You don't even know their names on Twitter. So half of them don't even put their names on there. A hundred percent. That's very powerful because... What we are saying is that you are going to care about what people think and that you have no control over. But what you do have control over, whose opinion you actually take seriously. So you want to be direct with the people and you want to get feedback and be calibrated through the people that actually matter. So I want to be calibrated and care about my, what my wife thinks and what my children think yeah. and what my mom thinks. But I don't want to care about what somebody that really has no bearing on my race on my life, on my journey, because then I'm exerting coins and effort and energy into someone that actually 
has no bearing on my race or my life or my Yeah, dream. but there's so this... I want to uh, right. get calibrated by the right. This isn't really schadenfreude, but there's... I call it the nice person fallacy. And and there's this bizarre idea that you should you should have other people think you're a nice person to feel good about yourself. Um, it's a huge delusion. It's this idea that people who you don't know, who you've never met, will walk away from you and go, she is such a nice person, and that that somehow will add some, you know, some powder to your arsenal. It does nothing. This does nothing for you, this nice person fallacy. People have got to get out of that. And I'm not saying you have to go around being a total and utter asshole to people. Please don't do that either because we have to get along in society. But this nice person fallacy is a complete waste of time. And I see plenty of people pursuing it with the hope and the dream that somehow there's a payday at the end of it. It does nothing for you, right, Doc? Well done. That's 100% right. Like, what's the, what's the currency that you can actually bank with a thumbs up on Facebook or a like on Instagram? Nothing. Zero. Or somebody saying to you, exactly, zero. you got to really think of a currency that is of value to you and go and chase those currencies. So is my mother telling me I'm a good son? Is that a good currency? Yes. Is a stranger telling me I'm a good person? Is that a good currency? That means nothing. So therefore, I'm not going to invest my time and energy into cultivating or being, in inverted commas, a nice guy to somebody that has no currency or no value towards me. I'm going to invest my time and energy what, towards the what people. What a waste of time. These people who are looking Completely. for that. Looking, looking for the approval of strangers. Ugh. Right? Yeah. That's how social media keeps you, keeps, keeps you tapped in, you know, because they give you these thumbs up and these likes and these oh, wonderful comments and stars. Like a star chart for kids. That's what they do. And every time you log on, they give you a star chart or a star. And that's how they keep you logged in because they, they make people believe that that currency is valuable. But what do you, how do you pay the bills with that currency? How do you take that and improve your relationship with your kids? How does that currency add any value to your world? Zero. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I've said to Leanne so many times, I don't give a shit what you think. Yeah, there's a <laughs> – I heard something recently about a nursery school teacher who was saying to her, her students, uh, she was teaching them the difference between um, – when it's important to tell someone something or when it's not any of their business. And she said, if you have something to say about someone and they can't fix it within 30 seconds, then it's not worth saying. So if somebody has a piece of toilet paper stuck to the bottom of their shoe or they have a bird poop on their back, it's okay to say, hi, sorry, you've got some toilet paper on your shoe, whatever. But if they're overweight or you don't like the way they dress, it's none of your business. If it's something that they can't fix within 30 seconds, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. What do you say to that, Doc? So, you know what? I'm, I'm a big fan of staying out of people's business full stop. People have their own journey. And if you can add value to someone, I mean, who? I don't, I don't carry this arrogance that or I'm the one that's going to come and make changes in your world unless you've commissioned me to. So if you ask for my opinion, I will give you my opinion. If you want my advice, I will give you my advice. Uh, no, you, you, you actually you, you charge you, you charge people money for that. That's what's so brilliant about what you do. Is like they actually have to pay you for that opinion. There are. They, so there's, a, there's an exchange for sure. There's value. The truth is uh, if I see somebody, a parent, a parent maybe parenting their child wrong, 
it grills me on the inside, but is it really my place to go in there and go, listen, you can't behave that way. When I see two, two couples conflicting in the wrong way, I, you know, outside of, I don't know, Tasha's, uh, do I go up to that? It grills me. I'm like, oh my God, if you just saw it differently, if you engaged differently, mm-hmm. that person would hear you. Mm-hmm. But is it really my place to go in and say, did you hear what she just said? No. Repeat it in a way that she, you know, it's, it's, you know, so I kind of stay out of people's business. Yeah, there we go. That's the, the important lesson from this morning. So we brought it up with Schadenfreude and we've gone all over the place, but at the end, stay out of people's business. I love it. Thank you very much. And don't much. compare yourself to someone that has no value. Compare yourself to the better version of yourself. Yeah, a lion shouldn't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. Yes. Very good. Exactly. All right, Doc, thank you. We'll speak to you soon. Uh, Have a good uh, week. Nice to see you. See you too, Bye. We've got to get his microphone sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> Have to. All right, well, there we go. Now you know, just pay no attention to most people's opinion of you. You'll be happy. You could be deluded and happy like me. Yeah. Wake up in the morning and go, today, I, you don't even have to say it to yourself. I don't. Yeah, today, I'm not going to give two dams about what a bunch of low-rent people think of me. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to go. The, the, the pressure that you put on yourself is too insane yeah. when you worry about what uh, everyone yeah, thinks. What are you going to get out of that? Cliffcentral.com.